to From the Source. I'm Michelle Brenner and I'm your host. From the Source aims to answer the question of what tech jobs are really like, both the good and the boring. Today we're going to hear from Aaron Scott. Aaron, can you tell us your current job title and how long you've been there? Hi, sure. So my current title is a software developer and I've been there for just about one full year. Congratulations on your one year anniversary. Thank you. I'm excited. What does your average day look like for you? So the company that I work at, um, it has a super flexible work policy. So day to day, it kind of varies just depending on um, meeting schedules, if I need to be in the office, or if I have a lot of like specific tasks to do, sometimes I'll work from home for the whole day. Or sometimes I'll kind of do partial go into the office and then um, work from home or coffee shop in the afternoon. Uh, so that's actually an aspect that I really value, um, that I found is kind of unique to working within the tech industry that I really wanted when I was in other positions, um, just being able to kind of like mix up my work environment and have a bit more autonomy over my schedule and like where and when I'm most productive. Um, so day to day, it kind of changes. Do you find any challenges with communication when working remotely? Um, I did kind of at first sort of understanding within the team what the expectations were. And the company that I work at has been in business for just about four years now. So we're kind of like exiting out of that initial startup phase. So when I joined the team a year ago, some of those policies weren't necessarily like ironed out. And as the team has grown over the past year, we have a little bit more of like standard expectations in terms of like checking in and when you need to be available, that sort of thing. Um, we use Slack as our primary communication tool. So I'm pretty much on Slack all day, every day. <laughs> nice. So it's about being just very deliberate in your communication. So no one is missing anything. Yeah, exactly. And I honestly feel like when I'm remote, I am checking Slack more often, you know, and like more responsive than I am when I'm in the office because someone could just come tap me on the shoulder if they like really needed something. Um, and I think that has been appreciated by the team, you know, quick follow up, especially when you're remote kind of proves that you are in fact working and you're available and you've kind of like built that trust, you know? Yeah, that's great. Uh, what has been your favorite long-term project? Mm. So since my annual review is coming up, like right around the corner, I was kind of looking over a lot of projects that I've participated on recently. Um, and there's been a lot, which has been super awesome. It's been quite a year of growth for me. Uh, but there was one huge one that definitely stands out in my mind that we're going to have continued work on uh, in the future. And it was a healthcare related project, um, a huge one in terms of like amount of people in the organization that were involved from like project management to design, um, client interactions, and then of course the whole software development team. Um, and so that one I feel very proud to have contributed on because it, it had a legacy code base to begin with. So jumping into that and understanding how the current tool was working and then being able to implement all of the new features and kind of work seamlessly across the front and the back end uh, was a really cool uh, portfolio piece for me personally. And now the fact that that actually is like in place within this um, healthcare related setting and has hopefully a positive impact on the people that we created to use the tool just really um, makes it something that I was proud to contribute to. That sounds awesome. Do you have any tips for anyone jumping into a legacy code base like that and trying to understand it? Oh man, <laughs> it's not easy. Um, 
for that particular project, our team locked out in the sense that the people that had worked on it previously were still there, you know, and available to ask questions, etc. Um, and I mentioned before that the team has kind of like worked on implementing more and more policies and getting kind of standard practices down. Um, at that point in time, when the, this project was initially created, we didn't have a whole lot of expectations around like commenting code and documentation and that sort of thing. So that made this particular one extra challenging, in my opinion, because there wasn't a whole lot of like breadcrumbs to figure out how everything was working. Um, but luckily this wasn't the very first project that I was assigned to, cause that would have been so intimidating and, um, scary. <laughs> so for this particular one, I mean, I really leaned on the support of my teammates. Um, and we had a lot of like collaborative coding sessions and code reviews and explanations of how the tool previously had worked and what changes we needed to make. Um, so I think the fact that it was such a collaborative effort really helped from that regard. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes looking back at old code, it feels like an archaeological dig where you're just really trying to figure out what the thought process was of the engineer who built it last to try to figure out what it actually does. Yeah, definitely. I've learned to just like console log everywhere and just like work through it piece by piece and try to understand how everything connects. But for some of these huge code bases, that can be like weeks just in itself, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What do you find the most boring but essential part of your job? So all of the work that we do is billable to clients because our organization is more of like a consultancy. Uh, so I didn't fully realize that when I joined the team, I was thinking, okay, I'm a salaried employee. Cool. I'm done with like hourly timesheets. But now that's like a big part of my day-to-day -day work is being sure that we are accountable to the hours spent and the tasking that we have. And we do it every day uh, because otherwise I can't remember, you know, like at the end of the week, what did I do on Monday? I have no idea. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a tedious thing to be aware of and get in the habit of initially. Um, but now as long as I stay consistent with it and do it every day, I've figured out how to manage that, but it's not the most fun task for sure. <laughs> do you find that you still have time for research and learning, even though you're kind of on the clock for each client? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's been a couple of cases where the project has required that we use some sort of new technology. Like, for example, one that we had recently uh, was working with a national laboratory and we were kind of collaborating with their on-site engineering team. And they were very familiar with Angular, um, like the latest versions of the Angular framework. Whereas on our internal team, our preferred front-end framework is Vue. So we were really pushing to build the new tool in Vue because it was what we were most comfortable with and could get done quickest, you know. Um, but because they were going to be the ones actually maintaining the code long-term, we ended up building it in Angular. But because no one really on our internal team at the time was an Angular expert, we were able to build in some time to get up to speed on Angular and have some like learning tutorial time that was considered billable work uh, since it was particularly related to the project. So things like that come up a lot where we get to learn while we're in the process, which is awesome. That's pretty cool. What is the most stressful part of your job and how do you manage it? 
I feel like just the aspect of staying up to date with the technology is challenging. It's an exciting part of my job for sure. Um, but our organization really prides itself on being cutting edge and using a lot of like open source tools and technologies and uh, pushing the boundaries. So of course, with part of that is staying on the cutting edge as the development team, you know? Um, so sometimes it can feel a little bit of um, an overwhelm, I guess, just to, you can't know everything all the time. <laughs> um, so that I, I think goes back to having the good relationship with the team and a really collaborative process. Um, because I feel like I've learned a lot about tips and tricks and cool other new stuff that I maybe would never have heard of from some of my teammates. Do you have any go-to resources for when you're, you know, they said, Hey, please write this in Angular and you don't know Angular. How do you get started? Yeah, well, um, so I've done a lot of online tutorials on like Scrimba, I find to be a really cool resource because you can like pause the videos and type in the code editor. Um, and it's like a little bit more interactive. So I've really enjoyed some of their classes. Um, I've used Free Code Camp as a resource really over the years. I've enjoyed a lot of their material and also just like their weekly blog and emails has all kinds of cool tips. Um, but I have to kind of monitor myself on that because I will go down a rabbit hole of stuff that I just like find interesting, but isn't maybe billable work, you know? <laughs> so I have to kind of keep myself in check and make sure that the time that I'm spending, at least like while I'm at work, is pertinent to a particular project. And then on the weekends, I still do a fair amount of continued learning, but I've also noticed for myself that I need to have time away from my computer and just like have a mental health break and do other stuff because otherwise I tend to get a little bit burned out. Do you have a favorite de-stressing activity that gets you away from the computer? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I am really into hot yoga. That's my primary de-stressor of choice. <laughs> we all need to get away from our screens at some point in the day. Mm-hmm. For sure. And yoga, I find like just really slows down the pace for me. Whereas throughout the day, I feel like I'm running around and doing a lot of stuff, you know? Um, and so being forced to slow down and focus on my breathing and then like do all the stretching, that sort of thing, uh, just really is a good mental health and like physical exercise experience for me. Do you feel like after a session, you're like, oh, I've solved all these problems now in my brain that seemed much harder before I started? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, or at least I feel just calmer and like I can approach the problem without being quite so like stressed or frantic about it. You know, um, it just kind of gives me a refreshed perspective. What skills do you find most essential on a day to day basis? I really think that communication skills have been hugely important in my role, which is kind of surprising. I mean, of course, tech skills are vital as well, but I really think that having some of those soft skills to supplement and fill in the gaps and be able to build rapport with people and have personal relationships um, and thus create and cultivate an environment where like, you don't feel stupid asking questions and you feel uncomfortable and that sort of thing. That's really been a huge helper to me as, um, in my first year as a full-time dev. Are there any methods or, or research you did to help improve those skills? Well, so my background is I studied communications in Spanish for my undergraduate degrees. 
Um, and then I later in life went and did a coding boot camp, and then here I am. So I really think that background helped me a lot. Um, and there's some really awesome books from people, you know, like Dale Carnegie and um, Brene Brown, that sort of stuff that are more like self-help, communication, leadership, those sorts of um, tools that I kind of stay up to date just out of my own personal interest. I like follow some of them on social media and receive their email newsletters. So I just kind of get daily inspiration from some of that, um, which I would definitely recommend. Are there any skills that were on your job description or advice to have that you never use at all? Well, so I mentioned that our team is really focused on being innovative and on the cutting edge. So I remember when I interviewed, there was a whole list of like, here's the required skills and then here's a bunch of nice to haves. And some of the stuff on that nice to have list were, you know, like frameworks and different technologies that I was like, I've never heard of this before, but Googling now, you know? (laughs) So some of those there, they were kind of, you know, like more fad tools and I haven't ever learned those or used them day to day. Um, but I will say that we use a lot of like D3, we do a lot of data visualization stuff. So D3 can be hugely intimidating to get up to speed on. Um, but I've gotten to kind of get my feet wet with that a little bit recently. And then again, since I work primarily on the front end, I use a lot of like different frameworks. And it's been awesome, like I said before, to get to do some different ones on various projects, kind of depending on what the client needs are. Um, so that definitely bundles up to all of the learning that I've had over this first year. It must be nice to work on so many different tools and kind of compare and contrast so that if you were going to start a new project, you know, which one that you would most likely want to use. Yeah, definitely. That's been like an immense asset for me, for sure. Um, it can be kind of intimidating when I'm given a task that's like, use whatever, you know, whether it's like Vue or Angular, React, etc. to build this. And I'm like, huh, okay, let me start skilling up on that. You know, it's hard to sometimes just like get the ball rolling. Sometimes the fear of <laughs> failing or seeming incompetent, you know, will hold me back for a moment. But now I feel like there's been enough instances where I've sort of like overcome that initial discomfort that I feel much more confident jumping into a tool and feeling like, yeah, I'm going to be able to figure this out. Nice. Yeah. I definitely agree with the sentiment of like at first, your first job or your first task where you don't know what you're doing and you succeeded at that starts to grow and grow until you realize how fun it is to start a project, not knowing anything and being able to learn and discover. Mm-hmm. I agree. If someone wanted your job, what's a good path to take? Yeah, well, so um, like I mentioned, I did a coding boot camp. So prior to that, I was working full time doing a marketing and communications role. Then I kind of moved into a position doing more like operations management um, and then decided I was kind of like coding in the evenings, doing a lot of tutorials, trying to be self-taught, but I wasn't really making a whole lot of progress, you know, or at least at the rate that I wanted to. And I also was kind of like, what am I doing this for? What do I want my future trajectory to be? (laughs) So it was sort of after a heart to heart that I just decided I'm going to go all in on the coding path. So really doing that immersive bootcamp experience is what catapulted me in the direction of being qualified enough to land a full-time development job. Um, 
And I think it really was helpful during my interview process. This was the first time in my life where I had competing offers and felt like I could negotiate and had the ability to choose between the position that like felt the most, the best fit for me. Uh, So that in and of itself was hugely empowering and made me feel confident in my decision to sort of change trajectories. Um, And then I think the fact that I had had some other professional experience and had a like more varied skill set was appealing to uh, these different employers because I was able to contribute to different functional teams um, and not solely just development. So I think that kind of helped set me apart a little bit as well. When you were deciding on a boot camp, uh, how did you figure out which one was the right one for you? Yeah, so I am located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So when I was looking at boot camps, there were a couple of options here in town. And then I also was considering some nearby cities like Denver and Austin, etc. But ultimately, I didn't really want to have to pay for housing for like short term and then not have any sort of support system if I were to go out of state. So I ultimately decided that it would be best for me to stay in New Mexico if possible. So luckily, there was a great program here called Deep Dive Coding that had recently uh, kind of been incorporated by or partnered with one of the community colleges here in town. So they have this whole like STEM learning initiative now that's like its own separate center where they host all these different coding boot camps. And as part of that, they offer funding through this program called Tech Hire that I believe is a um, like federally funded program, I think from the Obama administration, where they provide funding for people to do some sort of job skills tech training. If you're in a certain age range and you're in like different zip codes, that sort of thing. So I was able to get the program, the bootcamp fully funded through that tech hire opportunity. So that was kind of the ultimate deciding factor for me that I would be able to like save up a little money, support my cost of living while I was doing the, the bootcamp. Cause of course it's like 40 hours a week plus, you know, you can't really do a whole lot outside of that. Um, and then was able to get that scholarship to cover the cost of the program, which was really awesome. Well, wow, that's a that's a great opportunity, um, and I hopefully our listeners can also take advantage of programs like that. Yeah, definitely. And even if tech hire isn't a thing where they are, I found that there were a lot of scholarship opportunities, and especially for like people that typically have been left out of tech, whether it be different like marginalized groups, people of color, women, etc. If you look for funding sources, there's a lot of options out there, and it's worth taking the time to pursue and apply for some of those opportunities. Is there anything you'd advise students to learn that's not in either their college or bootcamp curriculum? I would say networking has been immensely helpful to my own professional development. While it can be super uncomfortable sometimes, um, I really try to go to a variety of different meetups and like professional events, different lectures, that sort of thing. Um, and just put myself out there. Uh, and I did that while I was in the coding boot camp in the evening. Sometimes if there was an interesting talk, whatever, I would make an effort to go, which some people in my class were not able to do based on like personal commitments or time spent studying or what have you. But I decided that that would be a priority for me. And partially too, because I was making this career change, I sort of wanted to 
reintroduce myself to people in the community and be able to communicate like, hey, I'm doing this now. If you know of opportunities, I would appreciate a connection or whatever, you know? Um, And it was actually through an event like that that I met the company that I work out at now. The founder one evening was doing a talk about entrepreneurship and how the company got its start. And I just sort of went to it on a whim and then was very impressed with their presentation and went up to them afterward and introduced myself. And then from there, we just kept in touch and ultimately I got an interview and then here we are. So I think going to events and introducing yourself and networking, I feel like had this like kind of a bad connotation, you know, it can count (laughs) kind of sound like skeevy, but I really think that it can make all the difference. Yeah, there's definitely that some networking events I've been to, it feels like people are always trying to sell me things. But then I realized the right networking events, I'm really just making friends who are interested in the same nerdy things that I'm interested in. And that's been really made the difference. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's so many like interest specific groups, you know, you can always find your tribe. And then that's just like, again, a big confidence booster and empowering because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one. Awesome. (laughs) Speaking of events, are there any questions that you're commonly asked when you talk to people just getting started in tech at meetups and events? Uh, Yeah, I would say the most common question people ask is like, really how to get started, (laughs) you know, how to get your feet in the door. and I think internships can be hugely helpful. Sometimes people feel like an internship is beneath them, but especially for myself and others that are maybe switching careers, I think you kind of have to humbly acknowledge that you're starting at the bottom and that you don't know everything. And I think that internships can really create an environment where you can ask questions and get help and really skill up in a short period of time and have mentors. Um, So I would encourage people to be open to those sorts of opportunities and then um, building an online portfolio of your work and um, just kind of cool stuff that you're interested in doing some sort of blog, having something that just gives you a little bit of credibility and shows that you're actively learning, I think can really help set people apart as well in terms of like the interview process, et cetera. I know you've only been there a year, but have you been a part of any interviewing process of new hires or interns? Yeah. And that's actually been awesome. Our director of development has really made a conscious effort to include people from different levels throughout the team in the interview process. So that's, it was just kind of fun to be able to sit on the other side of the table too, you know? Um, And then I think that's a cool initiative because people have different perspectives from where they are on the team and can ask different questions accordingly. So um, yeah, I've, I've been excited to get to participate in some interviews. What do you look for when you're interviewing? Well, I think that the company definitely hires based on skill set and culture fit, you know? Um, so we've had a few people that we'll do like phone interviews with initially, bring into the office, get to um, spend a day with a team, participate in some different meetings and just kind of see how the vibe goes. Um, and it seems like a lot of the people that ultimately end up getting hired are just very um a avid learners and have a lot of different interests, a lot of different like varied skill sets. 
and B are just very genuinely kind people. Um, so it has really created this awesome team environment, in my opinion, of just people that want to create and create contribute to something cool and worthwhile and not just go to the nine to five. You know, they really want to, it seems like everybody, including myself, just wants to contribute to something bigger. Yeah, it's kind of the difference sometimes. I like to think about it of the like headphones, head down engineer versus the, you know, hands up wanting to participate in everything engineer who really wants to be a part of the whole process instead of just getting kind of tasks thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say that within our team like that, the the scale of that varies from person to person. But um, I, I feel like everybody really is interested in at least like cultivating relationships, you know, and has each other's backs, that sort of thing. It's definitely not like a every person for themselves sort of situation, which I think makes the products that we're creating at the end of the day a little bit stronger. Yeah, I definitely love working in teams because of that, because you can make things greater together than you ever could by yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. Are there any technical organizations that you enjoy being a part of that you'd like to mention to our audience? Yeah, well, so um, I mentioned before that there's a couple of different meetups, and those are more locally here in Albuquerque that I participate in. Um, We have like a really cool React meetup. Um, We have one about UI UX that recently started. So even though day-to-day I'm not really using React as my primary tool or I'm not on the UI UX team, I like to go to some of the ones that are tangentially related to my daily work because it just, again, kind of presents a different perspective to me and I just get to meet some interesting people, you know? Um, And then a lot of the specific learning that I do is more individually. I, I find that I... I have like um, enough accountability slash time management that I can do stuff independently. Um, It depends, but (laughs) for the most part, if I like set a goal of finishing some tutorial, whatever, I'll do it. Um, It might just take me a long time. (laughs) So I found that I am like a good self learner for some of those more specific tools or technologies. If I'm trying to skill up, um, and then the last group that I'm a part of that I really enjoy, um, there's a woman here in town that is a, another alumni from that particular boot camp program. And she started this group called Rubber Ducks that's all about women in tech specifically. So really across sectors, across um, specific roles, there's a whole lot of variety of people that participate in this group. But we have a Slack workspace and have a once a month um, kind of social event happy hour And that's been an immensely helpful space for me to just like get reassurance or bounce ideas off of others. Um, It's a very supportive environment. We talk a lot about like salaries um, and transparency in that way, which again has been really helpful for my own professional development and negotiation and practicing those skills and kind of what expectations are reasonable. So if something like that exists um, in your individual community, I would really encourage you to participate. Or if it doesn't exist, maybe start something like that because that group of peers and being able to have those honest conversations, I think is very, very valuable. 
Yeah, I've definitely found that extremely valuable in getting out there and growing in my career and making friends. <laughs> yeah, that's an unexpected perk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have you thought about what your next career step is going to be? Yeah, I have. I mean, because I'm coming up on my annual review, it has been kind of a time of reflection for me recently. Um, and I've sort of discovered that throughout some of the projects that I've been working on, I'm really interested in the UX part of the conversation, which again is not my day-to-day work presently, but I really enjoy when I get to interface with our in-house design team and talk about some of that information architecture and how then that's translated to some of the designs and then how we're coding that up into reality on the front end. Um, so I hope to get to work more closely with that team in the coming year and kind of skill up and learn from them. Um, and then I also have some interest in maybe pursuing more opportunities on the back end. I get to dabble a little bit with some of the APIs and database work, but that's again, not my primary function on the team right now. Um, but I really think ultimately being just a little bit more holistic or full stack would be awesome. Um, because I think that's just going to help my contributions to the project as a whole, even if it's not my specific task, just being able to understand how all the pieces fit together, I think will be really cool. Backend's the best. Come join me. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) If our listeners want to reach out uh, via social media, how can they reach you? Yeah, I would be happy to connect. That would be great. Um, I'm on Twitter. My handle is dot of Scott. (laughs) And then I'm also on LinkedIn. So those are probably the top two ways to get in touch with me. If anyone is inspired to work with you, how can they reach out? So the company I work for is called Resilient Solutions 21, RS21. And again, we're based in Albuquerque. Um, We also have an office in Washington, D.C. because a lot of the work that we do, the clients we have are federal agencies, etc. So we have a team on the ground there. Um, And we're always looking for, you know, talented, interesting, creative people. So if anybody out there is looking for a job, development, design, project management, et cetera, and you're into data visualizations and cool projects, I would encourage you to check out the work that we do. So the URL for our website is rs21.io. Thank you for being with us today, Erin. To keep up to date on upcoming episodes or to continue the conversation, please follow us on Twitter at FromSourcePod. If you'd like to share your journey with our audience, 